the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, introduce... Nah, I'm not introducing. The guy's one of the great veterans of radio. Well, I know that when I'm not here, if I'm in the hands of Bob Friends, you're going to get a great show. So here he goes, and his preferred pronouns are he and him. (laughs) I actually like to go a little further than that when I do my pronouns. As in his highness and his awesomeness. Because why not? As long as we get to make stuff up, then I should be able to make up the fact that I'm awesome. I may not be, but that's what I want to be called. If I identify as such, then that's exactly what I should be able to say, right? That's the way I feel about it. By the way, I feel like I should be galloping in on a steed uh, at the start of the show. Whenever I hear that music, it just feels like I'm part of the, you know, the royal cavalry arriving or something like that to save the day or to save the nation. And maybe that's exactly what all of our mission is together. Uh, Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Uh, As you just heard, I am Bob France. I am live from AM 1420, The Answer, in Cleveland, Ohio. I host Always Right Radio, which you can find on alwaysright.us. That's my website, alwaysright.us. And uh, I welcome you to visit. I don't write a lot of original stuff there, but I do collect all of the most important news that you need to know, conservative news and views, and I put them in one nice, timely, and easily efficient place for you to find them. So that's what I try to do at alwayswrite.us. Pleasure to be sitting in for Dennis on this Friday. It's a very busy day. It's It's a special day because it's Earth Day. Did you know that? Did you know that this was Earth Day? Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. I didn't until I read an article that reminded me of it, that today is Earth Day. But it wasn't just any old, oh, we've got to raise taxes on the American people and institute carbon taxes in order to save the planet from the coming melting that we are causing because of our our carbon emissions. Because of global CO2 emissions, we are going to melt the planet unless we tax carbon and then people will stop leaving such a massive carbon footprint, such as the climate geniuses, or is it genii? Is the plural of genius genii, like octopus is octopi? I'm going to have to find that out. I think it's geniuses, says Sean. But then again, Sean is not one of the geniuses, so it might not be. It may be genii after all. But at any rate, the climate geniuses is, 
um, all get on their private jets and they carbon their way to a location where they can talk about how to make people pay for their carbon emissions. That's that's kind of what what I think of when I think of Earth Day. But then I read this article in the American Thinker, and it did its job. It made me American think. I said, let's think about whether or not we are in the place we were told we would be in the year 2022 compared to the first day of Earth Day. The very first Earth Day, if you did not know, was 52 years ago. It was in 1970, right? Maybe you knew that, maybe you didn't. But in 1970, we were told that we were about to freeze to death. Right? On the first Earth Day, this is the way it went down. I'm going to share with you, like I said, this American Thinker article. I don't normally read articles long form on the radio, but when there's good reason to do so, I will read good portions of one. And this one, like I said, in American Thinker made me American think. On Oh, bo- thank you, Sean. Producer Sean says both geniuses and genii are acceptable. How about that? There you go. See, you know why we figured that out? Because between the two of us, we're a couple of genii. Um, On the first Earth Day, April 22, 1970, the world was warned that billions would die soon because of a disastrous ice age. The Earth had been cooling for 30 years, and it was about to get much worse. uh, Crops would not survive this ice age, so the people couldn't be fed. The earth was cooling even though the CO2 levels were rising at the same rate as the population was rising, at the same rate that fossil fuel consumption was rising. We were told that all of those things, particularly the CO2 increase, was going to cause the planet to freeze. Now, that was 52 years ago. The complicit media 52 years ago, in 1970, dutifully reported these warnings. You may recall the, uh, the Time magazine cover during that time in which the polar bear was floating away on a very, very tiny little piece of ice that used to be a once gigantic iceberg, we are told, somewhere in the Arctic or Antarctic. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the media dutifully repeated, quoting the, the story now, these warnings to scare the public with no questions and no research. The warnings were 100% wrong because they were WAGs. WAGs stands for Wild A Guesses, instead of based on scientific data, right? So that was 52 years ago. Now let's go 50 years before that in 1922, so 100 years ago. This was in the Washington Post. In 1922. Again, no research, no questions, no scientific curiosity to see if this is accurate or not. They just ran this. Ready? Quote, The Arctic Ocean is warming. Icebergs are growing scarcer, and in some places the seals are finding the water too hot. Reports from fishermen and seal hunters all point to a change in climate conditions. Parenthetically, global warming and unheard of temperatures in the Arctic zone. Great masses of ice have been replaced by moraines of earth and stone, while at many points well-known glaciers have entirely disappeared. End quote. No one talked about verifying this, no scientific data. This was just what the Washington Post printed because apparently they were told this is the case. 
So I want you to follow the pattern. 1922, the earth is warming. It's going to melt. One of Al Gore's ancestors probably uttered, the planet has a fever. In 1922, 50 years later-ish, in 1970, on the birth of Earth Day as a holiday, as a national or international day of awareness, 50 years after we were told it's going to melt, we're told it's going to freeze. There's going to be an, an Arctic freeze, the likes of which we haven't seen in billions of years since the last Ice Age. Another one is coming. Now let's go forward from 1970 to 1989. In 1989, the U.N. gave the same warning as they had given back in 1922. And again, the sycophant media reported it to scare the public without asking any questions, without uh, doing any scientific research, without any kind of corroboration. They just reported it. The predictions in 1922 and 1989 were 100% wrong, just like the prediction of freezing in 1970 on the first Earth Day was 100% wrong. Why? Well, because we have a century of proof. We have been extraordinarily stable in terms of global climate. We have hot years. We have cold years. We have record hot years. We have record cold years. Cold years. We had record amounts of degree, uh, days of over 90 degrees. We have record numbers of, 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 uh, of uh, days in which uh, sub-zero temperatures uh, are being set. We have extraordinary ice recession in some portions of the globe and expansion of massive ice sheets in other portions of the globe. In other words, things are just happening the way they always have. We have been told that we're killing the planet either by fire or by ice, and the planet was going to respond to us by killing us, either by fire or by ice, and none of it was right. What they have done in each one of those periods is is served to increase the power of the global governments, if not one world or one globe government, all of the governments the most powerful in the world were able to convince the people they had to change the way they act, change the way they behave, or we are all going to die. But I'm here to tell you that since 1970, and it's not just me, you're here to tell us, you're here to bear witness to the fact that what they told us in 1970 on the first Earth Day was that we'd all be gone by now, and this planet would be in the middle of an ice age. It is absolutely the same today as it was in 1970. So if you are prone to being alarmist, if you are prone to being the sky is falling, chicken littling your way through your life, and demanding that everybody start riding bikes instead of driving pickup trucks, I got news for you. I just got an F-150, and I'm pretty doggone happy about it. And there's not a person on Earth Day who's going to tell me to stop driving that bad boy. My name is Bob France, host of Always Right Radio in Cleveland, Ohio, in for Dennis Prager. Good to be here, and I want to hear from you coming up on The Dennis Prager Show.
Many people own coins that have not performed as well as they'd expected. Some own coins that have done better than they expected. Or maybe you just want to cash out and do something else with the money. Markets change, and to understand the current value of your precious metals portfolio, you should get a new valuation. So I'd like to tell you about my friend, and he is, otherwise I never use that term, Nick Grovich. Came my friend because I so admire his honesty and integrity and knowledge of the coin world, of the gold world, the silver world. He's owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion. For over 40 years, Nick has built a reputation for trust and honesty, and his goal is to earn your business for life. Nick won't push you to sell, but when you're ready, I believe he offers the best price, trade, and consignment deals compared to anyone. Right now, Nick and the AmFed team are offering their exclusive coin performance review for free. That's right, free, with a no-pressure guarantee from Nick. Call Nick at 800-221-7694. That's 800-221-7694. I'm in love with you. Yes, indeed. It is the Dennis Prager Show, and I love that introduction. I will remind you now, the same way I reminded you at the top of the first hour, if you were with us, my preferred pronouns are actually his awesomeness and his majesty. That works, too. I'll take those. Um... Uh, we'll stick with those two for now. His awesomeness and his majesty are good enough for me. After all, I am not majestic. I am not royal. But if I identify as such, you must call me as such. I am also not awesome. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. This guy's far from awesome. He leaves a lot to be desired as a husband and as a father. She'll rip me one side and down the other. But if I identify as awesome, then I am literally the king. I'm. You can't. You can't get me in any way whatsoever. That sounds stupid, and it is. But then again, so is the entire pronoun movement. The entire trans, let's throw out English, grammar, syntax, cast it all to the side. Singular, plural, whatever. Let's throw out the actual English language. Let's, let's make up words. Let's make up X-E. You can call me X-E instead of me. X-E and, and X-M and X-Her instead of him and her. Didn't some of the nut job teachers that were recorded, uh, actually they recorded themselves, and were just kind of, you know, aggregated together by the libs of TikTok account that uh, Twitter has recently attacked and dock and uh, 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 CNN tried to dox. I think it was CNN. Um, maybe it's MSNBC. I don't remember. But anyway, didn't one of them say that she makes her her kindergarten students call her Mix, MX, because she doesn't identify as a Ms or a Mrs or a Miss. Or a mister. She's just out there. She's just a thing. It's She's mix. Oh, my Lord. And forgive me, Lord, for that. But honest to goodness, I'm just, if they can identify and make up words, then I can make up, uh, I can make up my, own, my own identifications as well. It's as silly and as stupid as it gets, but this is the reality of uh, modern-day 2022 America, at least in the world of the leftists. So welcome. Uh, I am Bob France, live in Cleveland, Ohio. My website is alwaysright.us. I encourage you to visit it. I encourage you to watch and read some of the important stories that I have kind of put together there for you, and I want to talk to you about some of them. Specifically, we ended the last hour talking about student loan debt forgiveness. We had a gentleman who called. I believe, I believe he was from Illinois, Plainfield who said his grandkids all voted for Biden. And when he said, what on earth did you do that for? Gentleman said, because they said that Biden was going to make them not have to pay back their student loan payments. Now, aside from the obvious, that that would constitute bribery 
I mean, seriously, is that a whole lot different than me giving my 18-year-old son 100 bucks and say, I'll give you 100 bucks if you vote the way I tell you to? That's bribery. It's voter fraud. If a candidate says, if you vote for me, I'll make sure you don't have to pay back your student loan payments, that's, that's, it's essentially bribery as far as I'm concerned. Aside from that point, I want to know, beyond the political benefit of getting young, impressionable, recent college, either current college students or recent college graduates um, to vote for you by promising to pay off their loans, where's the benefit? Somebody tell me the argument in favor of it. I've been puzzling and puzzling over this until my puzzler is sore. I can't figure it out. Who benefits? Does the, do the banks benefit? Before you answer, and I'll go right to your phone calls, and I see we had a full bank of phone calls here. It looks like some very, very uh, smart people with a lot of very important things to say. But let me just kind of go back a little bit. Do you remember what happened in the late 1990s when Bill Clinton decided to push for and expand the CRA? Remember the Community Reinvestment Act, right? The Community Reinvestment Act actually was born in the Carter years. And Bill Clinton took Carter's Community Reinvestment Act, in which banks were ordered to make loans to people regardless of whether or not they were qualified in terms of their credit history and their incomes to pay those loans back when it comes to housing. The Community Reinvestment Act was intended to, well, it was an earlier version of what we now call DIE, D-I-E. Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity. Now, most people call it DEI. I choose not to. I, put, I, I go D-I-E because it spells die, and that's what it's leading to is the death of our culture and the death of this country, quite frankly. But the Community Reinvestment Act was an early version of that. Because of diversity purposes, not enough racial and ethnic minorities were able to buy homes. And that's not fair. So for the sake of diversity... And for the sake of equity, banks were ordered to make loans to people based on their skin color, based on their ethnicity. And what happened? It's as predictable as anything could be. It's as predictable as day following night. The people who were bad credit risks and couldn't get loans without the CRA, CRA, and that's the federal government telling banks, you make these loans or you're shut down. They made these bad loans. People couldn't pay them back, and the banks were were bankrupted for all intents and purposes. Massive, you know, uh, uh, economic impact, recession, because when the banks don't have money to lend, well, then who's going to be able to buy their homes if they are good credit risk? Who's going to be able to buy their vehicles? Who's going to have the capital that they need to take a capital loan in order to open up a business, to grow the economy, to hire people? When the banks are busted, the banks are busted. So we learned from making bad loans that couldn't be paid back by people who were bad credit risks, all in the name of DIE. You'd think that you wouldn't want to want to repeat that mistake. Well, here we are in 2022, and the Democrats, both executive and congressional, from Schumer and, and Sanders leading the way on the Senate side to the squids uh, and, uh, and Pelosi leading it on the House side, and Brandon himself doing it in the White House, We're going to forgive all of these student loans. Now it's not even about making a bad loan to a bad credit risk, and then they can't pay it back. Now it's saying, we don't care if you can or not. We're not going to make you. What happens to the banks that lend all that money? Colleges got theirs. 
Colleges and universities got their loans. The banks wrote the checks. Says, here you go. Educate this kid. He'll pay me back later. Colleges said, thank you. Banks are saying, okay, now when do I get my return here? My 6 8 9% interest or whatever it is. Oh, what? They don't have to pay me back. Who's going to pay it? Well, you better believe the federal government better pay it. Otherwise, the banks go bankrupt. And where does the federal government get their money? That's not my check. They got it from you and from me and from the neighbor kid down the block who thought about going to a four-year college, who knew what it meant to take out $100,000 worth of loans and said, I don't want to pay that back. I'm going to go learn to weld. And he went to a trade school and he graduated with no debt. Or what little he did have, he paid off in a few months. Why should that kid who was responsible pay for the other kid down the block who went to a four-year university, got his degree in gender studies, and can't find a job, and now doesn't have to pay his loan back? Tax dollars from everybody will go to pay back those uh, defaulted loans. And what about the guy a little further down the third block who said, I would love to go to a four-year college, but I can't afford it. I don't know what trade I would want to learn. I'm going to go to the military on the GI Bill. I'm going to go and serve my country, and they're going to pay for my college or a significant portion of it when I'm out and ready to go. Now, that guy paid for his or her college education in sweat and in blood and in sacrifice and in danger. Quite frankly, if you join the military, you better be ready to go to war. Who knows what's going to happen? He went and, or she went and did that. And now when they come out, they have to pay for the kid down the block who went and got that gender studies degree who doesn't have to pay it back through his tax dollars or hers. So I'm just laying out the fundamental fairness aspect, not to mention the parents of all of those kids down the block who paid off their student loans years ago. Who's going to forgive it for them? I graduated college in 1990. I paid off my student loans, I want to say, around 2006. It took about 15, 16 years. I did it. Should I have had to if nobody has to anymore? Where's my child? I want my reparations. You owe me reparations. Joe, let's go, Brandon Biden. You owe me reparations because I paid back something that now you're telling modern kids in college they don't have to pay back. Where's my check? You want fundamental fairness? Let's talk about fundamental fairness. You want to talk about equity? I want my equity. I want my loan money back. Your call's next on The Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at MyPillow found that out around 2006 and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. And that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. 
Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code PRAGER. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code PRAGER. Oh, Dennis Prager, thank you so very much for that terrific non-introduction. I appreciate the kind words, as always. And, yes, I'm so glad to be in for Dennis, speaking to his extraordinarily attentive and uh, exceptionally well-educated and informed audience. How can you not be if you're a regular? If you're a regular to the Prager Show, you are more educated than probably any audience in America. Uh, You are more informed simply by being here with Dennis. So I appreciate you being able to share a little bit about what you know and what you've learned with me. And I'll try to do my part for their part as well. I am um, simply disgusted by a headline that came across my phone during that top of the hour break. And by the way, thank you for joining us. Uh, I do come to you live from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, My home base is the relieffactor.com studios of AM 1420, The Answer, WHK Radio in Cleveland. Uh, My program is called Always Right Radio. And you can look at it. You can follow it. You can listen to it at alwaysright.com. U.S. Always U.S. During the um, top of the hour break, this came across my screen. And, um, you know, we talk all the time. If you're on hold about student loans and other things, stay there. I'm coming to you, I swear. But we talk about immigration problems all the time for a variety of reasons. The dangers of just untold numbers of people with untold numbers of agendas, goals, um, you know, not everybody who crosses that border is a migrant farm worker just looking for a better opportunity. There are some very bad people that come across that border. They bring with them other human beings, talking about traffickers, sex traffickers. They bring with them untold amounts and variations of drugs like fentanyl. They bring with them horrific intentions like gang members from MS-13. I mean, it's a very dangerous thing for all of those reasons. We never talk about the Border Patrol agents. We never talk about those down there who are forced to deal with this this massive humanity, trying to protect the border, but also trying to follow the ridiculous rules that the Brandon administration has put in place, also trying to help people who are in need after a long journey. Now, personally, I would like to help them by driving them back to a city in Mexico in which they can reside. But they don't because they can't, and that's not the rules. So they just try to help however they can. And when I see stories like this, it just makes me sick to my stomach even worse. This just literally came across. Texas National Guard soldier missing after mission to rescue migrant from river. Uh, That story has been updated to Texas National Guardsman drowns in trying to rescue migrant. Um, there's, There's a... A dad, a brother, a, a, a son, an uncle, whatever, who is gone because of, yes, I'll say it, because of blood on Joe Biden, don't call me Brandon's hands. I mean, he's hung, he's hung a, a welcome sign on the front door of, of our southern border. He's put out a welcome mat. He's rolled a red carpet across the Rio Grande. And when people use it 
and come as fast and furiously as they are, and Border Patrol agents are doing everything they can to try to stop this one, help that one, sort this one. Now he's dead for trying to help an illegal alien crossing that border. I don't know what the circumstances are of who the individual was yet, and I'm told that they have not found the body yet, but the Fox News headline said, uh, Guardsman drowned. So he's gone. And, and I'll tell you what, there's a human, there's a, you know, it's funny, the leftists who essentially want to pretend that we have an open border, that we, we literally aren't a country, that there's no such thing as sovereignty among nations, that really think that we are just, you know, one big landmass and people can come and go as they please. Um, they think that it's a testament to their humanity to allow all of these people in. They think they're doing a service to humanity. They're not. It is not humane. It is not humanitarian to put people in situations where their lives are endangered, all to help foster something that is illegal. And that's what so many of these agents are down there. Sometimes they're attacked. Sometimes they get into into bloody, deadly battles with gang members and cartel members trying to uh, to mule drugs and other things across the border. Sometimes they're forced to deal with the conditions of the river. And in this case, an American citizen, a Texas National Guardsman, down there doing the job he was asked to do, trying to save the life of an illegal alien crossing the border, drowns. I'm told his name is Lieutenant Christopher Oliveras. We are just finding this out. It's literally breaking now, and it breaks my heart. I don't know about his family. I just, we all have one, right? I, I don't know the specifics. It'll probably hurt even more when you find these things out. But here is somebody who is tasked with doing an impossible job, a job that the President of the United States has no interest in even learning about. He refuses to go to the border. 80,000 illegal aliens in March were released into the interior of the United States with no legitimate asylum claims whatsoever. And that doesn't count tens of thousands of gotaways that weren't processed and then released into the interior of the United States. Over 2 million last year. They're letting in, every month, they're letting in an entire packed college football stadium of illegal aliens. And he won't even go down there and look at the the Border Patrol officers in the face. Won't give them a, a, a little punch in the arm of encouragement. Won't ask them, how's it going? Won't talk to them about the difficulties he won't do, he's pretending, pretending that his policy doesn't exist. It's just, it's, it's, it's dereliction of duty is what it is. And I apologize for getting a little bit worked up. It's dereliction of duty. As the President of the United States, you are responsible for protecting the security and the sovereignty of this country and her people. He has literally surrendered both. He has surrendered our sovereignty. He has surrendered our security because Lord only knows who is all coming across that border. How many Chinese? How many Russians? How many Syrians? I have no idea. How many Iranians? 
How many American enemies are, are coming across that country? And when I say enemies, I'm talking about people who do not wish well upon the United States. How many of them are trained? How many of them are not? Nobody knows because they're never coming back for asylum hearings. They're coming across and they're being set free. And the Border Patrol agents pay the price. Just a horrific situation. I almost wish I hadn't had that break at the top of the hour so I wouldn't have seen that story come across my screen as I prepared for hour number three. Let's go back to the telephones now. Um, Bob France in for Dennis Prager. If you just came in, 877-243-7776. It's 8 Prager 776. Let's go to Steve calling us from Chicago, Illinois. Steve, hey, thanks for yeah, waiting. Thanks You're for, on the air, sir. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Certainly. So a couple of thoughts about um, your point of view about college students and forgiveness of their debt. So if a college student should not be allowed to have his debt erased through a forgiveness program, should a billionaire be allowed to have his debts or corporate debts uh, forgiven through a corporate bankruptcy? Why, why would the two be treated differently? Well, 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 first of all, first of all, you make it sound, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me do that first part before you go to the second part. Um, you, you make it sound as though corporations are the only ones that can declare bankruptcy. Um, individuals can, college students can declare bankruptcy. Parents can declare bankruptcy. Anybody who can't pay off through irresponsible spending on their credit cards can file bankruptcy and in seven years start all over again. That is a very different thing than forgiveness of debt that one willingly took on and then was just told you don't have to pay it anymore. I, I failed to see the comparison there and I also failed to see why you focused only on corporate bankruptcy as opposed to small business or individual bankruptcy. Go ahead. I, I'm, okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, very respectfully, you're 100% wrong. College students are not allowed by law to declare bankruptcy because the student loan um, community successfully lobbied Congress to preclude college students. Steve, hold the line. Steve, hold the line. Hold the line. I've got a hard break here, but I want to talk to you and I want to listen to you. So hold the line. We'll come back after this. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 21 minutes past the hour as we continue on the Dennis Prager Show. Bob France sitting in in Cleveland, Ohio. Always Right Radio is my program on uh, AM 1420, The Answer. And you can uh, listen to it and check it out at alwaysright.us online. Phone lines are open at 877-243-7776. That's 8-Prager-776. I want to go back to the phones. I was in a conversation with Steve from uh, Chicago, and we were talking about student loans and comparing them to filing for bankruptcy. So, Steve, uh, I'm glad you hung on. Thank you for that. 
Second of all, I want to be clear what I was saying when I said students. Uh, I don't mean necessarily they can have bankruptcy protection against their actual student loans. My point was to point out individuals, whether they be individual taxpayers or small business owners, uh, are do have bankruptcy protections as well. You focused solely on corporations, and I think that was to draw a distinction there that wasn't that wasn't fair. But I'll let you pick it up from there. No, I, I, yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you're willing to listen to someone who disagrees sure. with you. So, sure. So what happened is in 1978, under intense lobbying by the college loan community, um, Congress passed a bill, an amendment to the Bankruptcy Code, making it virtually impossible for a student to discharge a college loan in bankruptcy. Okay? Got it. All other forms of debt are dischargeable in bankruptcy. And everything you just said is correct. A small business could do it. A billionaire like Donald Trump can do it. But college students were singled out. And that what, what has given um, strength to this forgiveness movement, because they can't effectively discharge in bankruptcy like everybody else, is that millions of students were conned into signing up for for-profit colleges, which promised them or at least sold them a misleading statement about their income and the value of their degrees. And these, these for-profit institutions... Uh, wait, I, don't, I don't know if I like the word conned there. Um, you know, if, well, uh, if been, an art school... If an art school puts one of those little turtles out there that we used to see in the back of magazines and says, if you can draw this, you can go to art school, they're not guaranteeing you're going to make you know, Picasso money. They're just saying there's an opportunity here for you. And even if a college says, get your degree, uh, it'll be worth it in the end. You'll be able to, to earn a lot more money and have a lot more earning power. That's technically true, but there is no guarantee that's attached to that. And I doubt very seriously that any student is looking for the word, I'm guaranteed to make this money before I sign my name on the dotted line saying I'm borrowing this money. You know, I, I mean, you can call it a con if you want, but I mean, it's, it, it, it is up to an adult at the age of 18 to decide whether or not they want to sign on this line, go to this school, take a chance that they can come out of it with a degree that will be well worth their, their investment uh, or not. And you know what? And this is the thing, Steve, I'm sure you probably know people your age or younger um, who, who said, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go to electrical school. I'm going to become an electrician. I'm going to become a carpenter. I'm going to learn a trade, and I'm never going to need that, uh, that degree, and I'm going to be perfectly happy with that. Um, why, shouldn't, why shouldn't we encourage more students to be more discerning before they sign on a dotted line that you call as a con, what you call a con? There have been a number of class action cases that have gone through the courts where the courts found that the students were defrauded because the the sales materials, so to speak, were deceptive and misleading about the, the value of the degree they were getting. And that is what spawned this huge forgiveness movement. But just getting back to my original point, why should a, a whether it's a small businessman or a billionaire, be a large, allowed to take advantage of the bankruptcy laws? And college students are not. Well, again, I, I'm not going to argue about bankruptcy law. I, what I, in fact, I want to turn this around on you and tell because my original question was, can you tell me why somebody who makes a decision to borrow money for anything, I don't care if it's to get your college degree or if it's to open the donut shop when you, when you lease the building down the block there on the corner and decided I want to make donuts. If you take a capital loan out or if you take a student loan out or if you take an auto loan out or if you, Steve, take a mortgage loan out in a very high uh, uh, property value uh, city like Chicago, Illinois, and you borrow that money, 
why should anybody ever say to you, eh, you know what, the taxpayers will pick it up for you. Don't worry about right. it. The taxpayers got you. You don't have to pay that money back. Why would that be okay? Yeah, but, but you, 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 I can't respond to your question by avoiding the bankruptcy issue. Why? Sure you can, how because we're not talking about bankruptcy. We're talking about you. Look, look, look. See, here's the difference. If I if I file bankruptcy tomorrow, my credit is shot for seven years minimum. I've got to climb from the bottom up and try to rebuild my life. There is a significant penalty to somebody who files for bankruptcy, a significant one. Okay, and and if a student is just granted blanket student loan debt forgiveness, where's the penalty? What is he paying back to, that would make you compare that to a bankruptcy? They 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 should not be. There will be no reason to be even still talking about forgiveness if they were allowed to declare bankruptcy. Again, again, you you're assuming you're assuming that every student who graduates college ought to be able to declare bankruptcy just to discharge their loan. Uh, and that's that's not the way this works. The, the, and like I said before, and thank you for the call, Steve. I appreciate the back and forth. And I will always take calls from people who disagree. You know what I love about doing talk radio the way I do it? I'm not Twitter. You understand? I don't boot people with different opinions. I'm not going to say you can't have your expression of your opinion here because it disagrees with mine or the majority of the room or the majority of the, uh, the, the hundreds of stations of people that are listening right now across this country. You have an opinion. You are willing to share it here. I will not create an echo chamber. That's what Twitter does, which is why, of course, I firmly and sincerely pray that Elon Musk and Ron DeSantis and the others who are combining to take that cesspool of liberal uh, echo chamber indoctrination over, privatize it, and let free speech reign. So, Ron, you have free speech here. I was glad to give it to you. We're going to disagree on this. It's not called bankruptcy. When you give away, give student loan debt forgiveness, there is no penalty whatsoever that is paid there, and there is no justification for it whatsoever. We'll come right back. Bob Franson for Dennis Prager, right here on the Salem Radio Network. 26 minutes before the top of the hour and the end of the Dennis Prager Show on this Friday. So thanks for being with us. Whether you've been here for 10 minutes or for the last two and a half hours, it is appreciated more than you know. Bob France sitting in for Dennis uh, from Cleveland, Ohio, the ReliefFactor.com studios of AM 1420, The Answer, and my program, Always Right Radio, which you can hear Eastern Time, 9 a.m. at AlwaysRight.us, AlwaysRight.us, if you are so inclined. I want to go right back to the phones now. We're going to go to Philadelphia. Because I want to talk about Philadelphia for a second. How about that? How about the courage of your convictions there? Left-wing leadership in Philadelphia. Back on Monday, you recall, on the 18th, they reinstituted the nation's first big city indoor mask mandate, even though the rest of the country is moving away from all of it. And the uh, Florida judge lifted the mask mandate in airports and on all public transit. On Monday, Philadelphia said, too bad. We're requiring these useless, pointless uh, uh, masks on people in public places, in indoor spaces, rather, uh, in Philadelphia. Today, they lifted it. Four days later, after just extraordinary public pressure, they said, okay, 
Uh, we changed our mind because people aren't happy now. And you know what? These people uh, vote. And we have to make sure that they vote for me and vote for us. So the city council, the mayor, and everybody else responsible for this thing where they were willing to be the first big city expecting a second and a third and a fourth to follow their lead uh, and, and reinstitute mask mandates. Just four days later, they were so confident of their opinion, they lifted it. How about that? Phil is in Philly on <laughs> the Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Phil. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. Yo, Bob, I'll tell you, I, I, you said everything except the Wu flu just stopped here for a few days just to see the historical sites, then rolled out. I but, like that you know, a lot. <laughs> I'll tell you, there, there was this guy walking down the street. He had a mask on his face, a mask on top of his head, his ears, his head, the back of his head. Top. The only thing was a slit for his eyes. I mean, I said, who are you? He said, I'm mask man. I said, I said, what's your superpower? He said, I do nothing. Very well. Okay. I'll, I like I'll let it. That go. I'll let it go. I get it. I got it. I got it. Not bad. Not bad. Because <laughs> that's true. They do nothing. No, I got you. The masks do absolutely nothing. That's cute. That's you got to think about it for half a second. But I like it. They do nothing. Yes, sir. <laughs> there is only one reason that these borders are completely wide open, and that's so that the Communist Party can get their sleeper cells in around the United States to cause chaos around the midterms. Now, that's my opinion, but that's what I think is going to happen because that's the only play they have left. For a complete shutdown of the voting, you're going to have to vote online or by mail. Nobody's going to open up a site because this just had a bombing, that just had a bombing. It's the only, it's the only play that these people got left. Joseph McCarthy must be turning over in his grave saying, I told you so, I told you so. Well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And you know, there, there are a lot. There are a lot of things that they're going to do. And I, I have no doubt whatsoever that they're going to try to disrupt this midterm election in November because they know exactly what's coming. In fact, I predicted last week when Philadelphia made their announcement that they were returning to the mask mandate that it would indeed be the first big city and the second would happen. And then over the course of the next three or four months, getting into the summer. The new variant, which would be called Midtermicron, uh, is going to be wide enough and spread far enough that they're going to say, you know, Midtermicron is here, and it could really make you sniffle a lot, you see. And we can't have people sniffling while they're in line waiting to vote. So back to universal mail-in balloting. That way they can go ahead and commit all the voter fraud they want across all 50 states and completely stop the red tsunami uh, that is going to lead to a takeover in the House and in the Senate by the Republican Party. So I, I kind of believe that now that Philly you know, pulled back on this, we'll see what happens. But I do not believe they are willing and ready to give up their power just yet. Uh, again, it's about compliance. It is not about science. Which, by the way, is another one of the T-shirts that we sell on AlwaysRight.us. Hey, uh, never accuse me of not being a believer in capitalism. That's exactly what I'm doing right now. Josh in uh, Joshua, rather in Sacramento. Hey, Josh, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? I, Good, I, I really wanted to address the the, the previous caller about uh, the student loans and the reason for them not being able to be used for bankruptcy is because. They are being treated, the U.S. government is insuring the loan for them so that uh, they can qualify for loans they cannot normally qualify for. And so that's why they have that thing. And by the way, it's the same requirement for small business that gets a loan from the SBA. 
That's government-backed, right. That is, If it's a U.S.-backed loan, i got to go here. I apologize, but that's a great point that you make, and I appreciate it. We'll come right back after this. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.